bit. Isn't that good? Yeah, we showed that last week, but since uh, most of y'all decided to sleep in last week, <laughs> that I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I, I promised that I wasn't going to say anything. It's a, oh, well. I'm glad you're here today. That's what matters, is that we're in God's house today. Amen, church? We are together on the first day of the week, worshiping the Lord. That's what matters. And so uh, last week, I, I kicked off the year talking about prayer, um, talking about the specifics, actually five points, which we'll review those in a moment. Uh, but today, I want to talk about fasting. Prayer and fasting, they really go together, don't they, church? So five facts on fasting to begin a new year is the name of the message today. And I just want to ask you a question to get us started today. So how was your first week of 2023? Hopefully it was this, right? Even if it was a little bit this, hopefully it ended on a good note. Hey, you're here. You made it, right? You made it through the first full week of 2023. You know, as Christ followers, I believe that we should have plans, right? We should start out the year with an expectation and excitement. We should have some plans, maybe some goals, some aspirations, right? But how many of you believe as Christ followers, our goals, our aspirations, our plans really need to yield and give way to God's plans? Yeah? Because his plans should trump all other plans, right? How many of you believe that? Amen? And we should synchronize our plans to Almighty God's plans, the plans that he has for us. So I kicked off the year last week with a message that uh, I started out with Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Just go like this with me. Forget the former things. Leave it behind you, right? Forget the former things. Now, uh, it goes on there to say, do not dwell on the past. You know, last week I said this, I want to say it again for those of you who weren't here last week. It doesn't mean that we don't reflect on the goodness of God, the activity of God, what God has done in our lives, the pit that he's brought us out of, how he's provided for us, all the blessings. No, we are to remember those things, amen? But we do need to forget the past as it relates to all the stuff that is not beneficial for us going forward. And, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot of that kind of stuff sometimes that, that, that really kind of clutters our lives and crowds out God's potential for us today. So forgetting those things in the past, and watch this, watch this, it says, see, I am doing a what? New thing. Come on, say that again with me. New thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So last week I gave you five prayer points. Everybody lift up your left hand, all right? Your left hand, and we're going to review, and I have a slide for you that will help you, okay? If you've, if you've forgotten what each finger represents, right? And uh, we started out with this. We started out with quiet, you know, we could very easily, now we used the thumb last week, but I'm going to go, yeah, because we need to get quiet before the Lord. There's a time to be loud and noisy and sing and shout and all of that, right? But uh, sometimes we just need to clear the noise away, get in a place with the Lord where we are quiet before him. Uh, sometimes we just have to stop talking long enough for him to be able to talk. Yeah? Um, then secondly, secondly, right, uh, 
be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves. We can't be honest with God if we're not honest with ourselves. I mean, obviously, it starts with being honest with him. If we're not honest with ourselves, then we're going to fool ourselves into believing that we are who we want to be versus who he wants us to be. And it's more important that we are who he wants us to be. And the third one, which is surrender, is the middle finger. And don't hold that up by itself, by the way. Okay. Uh, just don't do that in church, all right? That's not nice. So just, just grab it, if you will, but don't hold it up, all right? And that is surrender everything. Surrender everything to him. The fourth one, which is the ring finger, as we talked about last week. And, you know, this ring on my finger means I am, I am in covenant with that woman right over there. For I'm in covenant with her. I don't know why we are in covenant with one another. But I told you last week that for the, for the sake of the analogy and the illustration that this ring finger can also represent the covenant relationship that we have with Jesus, right? And that we are to seek God. You know, there's a passage of scripture that says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to us as well. I don't know about you, but I want to kick off this new year truly seeking what he has for me, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then the last one is the pinky. Everybody hold that up, right? Now take it to your ear and clean the earwax out so that you can listen and hear and obey what the voice of the Lord is speaking to us, right? Now we know he doesn't speak here as much as he speaks here. But how many of you, you, you know you got to listen and learn in order to obey God is saying, right? And so that, in a nutshell, is the message from last week. So I'm going to play you a real, just a quick humorous video on prayer, okay? Now, I will say, I don't know who this guy is, so some of you might be like, oh man, he's trouble. Did you know? I don't know who he is. I just saw this and I thought it was funny. Maybe I should have researched it out more. But I just, you watch it and you tell me who this guy sounds like, okay? And maybe some of y'all, when you think about praying, praying in church, uh, just take this as a little humor. Hey, Brother King, thanks for coming in. Uh, this is kind of weird, but people have been complaining that when you pray for them, they're kind of distracted because you sound too much like Denzel Washington. I ain't told you that, but they didn't come and tell me. So that's the problem. Everybody, everybody is skipping over me. If you have a problem with me, you can tell me. Wow, that is spot on. You really pray for people like that? All the time, you understand? Because he died to save my life. You understand? The devil ain't got nothing on Jesus. I can guarantee you that. I stand by it or I sit by it. That's why I'm in the chair now. Do you know anybody who maybe is a little less distracting? Well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Isn't that good? I saw that. I'm like, I love it. Man, doesn't he sound just like him? And it's so crazy how much like him he sounds. You know, it, it made me think about sometimes when, when, when we ask somebody to pray and all of a sudden they go, uh, King James on us. Now, I, no, hold on. I, I'm not poking fun at anybody, so please don't hear that. But, you know, if we talk like this normally and then when we pray, we go, Lord, we beseech thee, Father. We ask that you, you know. And I'm like, oh, dude, you just went King James. You just went, you know. Have you ever been around somebody like that? It's like they talk normal, but when they start to pray, all of a sudden everything changes. And, you know, for some people, I guess that's okay, but I'm thankful that I don't have to sound a certain way when I pray. That I come to God as I am, and I seek him for who he is, 
right? Now, when I pray, sometimes I get excited and I get forceful and I get loud and I, because, I get, because I get excited. But we're not trying to pray some, like somebody else. We're not trying to preach like somebody else. And we, sure, we should not try to live like somebody else, right? We need to be who God has called us to be. So fasting, I want to talk about fasting today. Hold up your right hand, all right? So your right hand's going to be married to your left hand today because prayer and fasting go together, amen? So as we talked about the left hand, we're going we're gonna to mirror that with the right hand today. And I will say this, we are beginning a fast on the 10th. That's Tuesday, by the way. And notice that it's the 10th through the 31st. That means you have one cheat day. Oh, wait, I shouldn't use that word cheat. You have one grace day. Okay, so you have one grace day, you can blow it. And if that's the day you want to go to Texas Roadhouse, go to Texas Roadhouse. Some of you are so religious, you're like, no, 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 no. I got, no. Well, okay, well, we'll pray for you. You know, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're a perfectionist and you say, no, once I start something, I want to finish it and it's got to be just right. But, you know, here's what I'm going to tell you. You have a grace day and you can take it on that day if you want to. You can take it whenever you want to, right? And matter of fact, you don't even have to fast if you don't want to. But I would advise you to fast. Because we're trying to do this together, right? This is an all-church fast, and we're trying to do this together. That, that means we are fasting different things at different times. Some of you may be led of the Lord to fast, like, all throughout the day and then eat in the evening. Some of you may go the whole day, right? Some of you may do a partial fast. You may do a complete fast. Oh, I'm about to say something some of y'all may not like. Some of y'all need to fast social media. Some of y'all need to fast some forms of entertainment. Oh, dare I say Netflix, Paramount, something, you know, I don't know. We need, we need to do without something in order for that desire for him to intensify and become greater. That's what fasting does for us. Right, church? Notice I didn't say sports in there because I don't want to, I want to get out of here alive today. <laughs> I say sports, man, I won't make it out of the building. So I'm leaving that one alone. Before we get into the specific benefits of fasting, let me just kind of prime the pump a little bit here, get you warmed up to this idea. Anytime we fast, we see God do some extraordinary things. And it may be, this may be the first time you've ever heard about fasting. Maybe you've never fasted before and you're going, I don't know, I've never done. Hang with me. Time we get to the end of this message, you'll be like, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast some way, somehow, something, Right? Fasting tunes out the noise of the world and clarifies the voice of God. Fasting allows us to go from bondage to breakthrough. Oh, I like that. I like it already, don't you? Fasting, listen to this. Fasting puts us on the fast track, accelerating the activity of God. Puts us on the fast track. Fasting is one of the most important disciplines of our Christian life. Notice that I didn't say it's one of the easiest disciplines of our Christian life. Now, if you're like me, fasting is not easy because I like to eat. Anybody else, you like to eat? You like to eat. Fasting is challenging. It's not easy, but it's important that we learn to fast because we set the course for everything that we build on throughout the year. Any bricklayers in the room today? Anybody bricklayers? I know we have a few in our congregation. When, when a bricklayer begins a job, 
a bricklayer will lay the first line of bricks and it's called the course. It's the first line of bricks. You know what's very important for that first line that's called the course? He lays a course. Bricks have to be lined up because if they're not, every other brick that's built on top of it will be off. That's why we start out the year with prayer and fasting to set the course, to lay that first line of bricks that we build on for the rest of the year. So I want to share with you five facts on fasting. And the first one is this, fasting keeps us humble. Hold up your thumb with me. Fasting keeps us humble. Give me a thumbs up if you're paying attention. Fasting keeps us humble. When was the last time you tried to just tape your thumb to your hand and and not use it all day long? Uh, never. <laughs> Hashtag never. Um, we don't typically think, though, about the importance of our thumb. Do you realize that there's hardly anything that you can do with your hand if you don't have your thumb available to you? That's the importance of humility in your life, friends, as it relates to living the Christian life, as it relates to prayer and fasting. Fasting keeps us humble. And just go like this with me. Touch each finger. Now now rub your head. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Tap your foot. You'll be ready. You'll be coordinated and can play drums next week if you can do all those things. Fasting keeps us humble. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I believe it starts with humility, right? Humbling ourselves before the Lord. James, James said this in in chapter 4. He said, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace. He gives favor to humble. He goes on to say, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Who will flee from you? The devil will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's what his word says. So fasting reminds us of how much we need God. And it starts with humility. Oh, there's a powerful passage of scripture in 9, Mark 9, 29. Mark 9, 29. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. It says, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There are certain things, friends, that happen in our life and can only happen in our life when we combine prayer and fasting together. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Fasting with humility brings us to a place of dependence upon God. When we fast, we bring our lives under under the subjection of his authority and his rule and reign in our lives. When we fast, we remind ourselves that the flesh is not in charge. That's a hard one sometimes. Fasting will bring us to the end of ourselves, which of course leads to the very beginning of what God is capable of doing. Look at this passage from Ezra chapter 8. Look at this with me. Chapter 8, verses 21 through 23 says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves. Say that with me. Humble ourselves before our God to seek him for a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way since we had told the king, watch this, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So... We fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. 
What do we see there, friends? We see prayer and fasting in tandem, right? Coming together. And we see the, the imploring of God, the entreaty of God. It's, that's communicating. That's prayer. That's, that's coming into a, a covenant agreement with God. And God will bless that church. Next one, again, right? The next one is fasting results in favor. Uh, humility is involved again, yeah? So humility is touching this point. Humility must remain humble before the Lord, but fasting results in divine favor. I believe that. You know, this past week I came across an incredible story of a business owner who found himself in trouble and he humbled himself and sought the Lord through prayer and fasting. This man and his company did construction work on a building and the lead developer he worked for was a very demanding man. And uh, he calls up this, uh, this man who had this construction company one day. And on the other end of the phone, he is yelling, he is cussing. And with everything within him, he said, you're fired. And proceeded to continue to cuss for a few minutes. Says, the $50,000 work that you've done, you're not going to finish it. Matter of fact, I want this building to go back to the way it was. Now, if you do construction, you go, that, that's not even possible to take a building back to what it was before the work began, right? So this guy found himself in a real desperate situation. In the words of the business owner, he said, my company was in a bad place. I didn't know what to do or how to handle this situation. Then I went to my pastor and he challenged me to begin to pray and to fast over this situation, of which he said, I don't like fasting because it means skipping meals and replacing it with prayer. Well, that's why most of us don't like fasting, right? <laughs> but this man was so desperate with this situation that he was willing to try anything. And as he fasted and as he prayed, he said, I felt like God wanted me to humble myself and to apologize. He said, I'm not even sure what that meant. But I knew and felt in my heart that I needed to set up an appointment to meet with this developer and the developer uh, begrudgingly agreed to meet with me face to face, he said. As I was driving over, the business owner said, I was praying to God to tell me, God, tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And as I walked into the room, the developer, still angry, began to cuss and swear and carry on again. He said, and as we sat down at the table, he said, listen, listen, I'm here to tell you that I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any miscommunication we ever had and whatever part my company played in that. And I'd like to do the job. But I'd like to first tell you that I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, there was silence. Silence. Sometimes silence is a good thing, isn't it? Then the developer said, you know what? I, I, I never really wanted to fire you in the first place. I just got upset. And, and I want you to do the job. And I appreciate you coming here to apologize to me. And the business owner said this. Listen to this. This, is, this shows the favor of God, church. Listen to this. He said, that day, give me that job back. And he tacked onto that job an additional $3 million project. Friends, that's the favor of God. 
See, when we fast and when we seek God, his divine favor can reign and rule in our lives and God can do things that would otherwise be impossible. God can do extraordinary things when we pray and fast. I believe that that would have never happened for that businessman had he not prayed, fasted in humility. Amen? Because fasting releases the blessings of God on our lives. Now, we know the story about Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah, great story. Nehemiah had a burden. He had a burden because the walls and the gates of Jerusalem lie in ruins. And when he found out, when he found out, that burden was overwhelming to him, right? And uh, who was Nehemiah? Was Nehemiah this great man? No, he was a cupbearer. And what's a cupbearer do? Uh, risks his life every time it's mealtime. Yeah. And who's a cupbearer to go to the king and say, hey, I have a burden and I need to go take care of the walls and the gates of, of, of my city, my people's city. And who is he, right? Do you know, friends, this story shows God's divine favor on Nehemiah's life. And it starts right here in chapter 1, verse 4. says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued, what's he do? Fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Verse 11 goes on and says, oh, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now, we know the rest of the story, right? It was Paul Harvey used to say, and now the rest of the story, right? We know the rest of the story. We know that Nehemiah was granted favor, King Artaxerxes, and not only did he have favor, he allowed him, he let, he let his cupbearer leave his presence, and he actually, he gave him approval to leave, but he actually sent him with the financial backing and support to begin the work on the walls and the gates. Who could do that other than God? Who could change the heart of a king other than God? Who would even burden the heart of a cupbearer other than God? But God not only burdened him, he, he, he equipped him and he gave him the ability to, in a short span of wall, or short span of time, finish the wall, rebuild the wall and the gates. You know, it takes us almost a year to put a new sign up. No fault of our own. It would have been done a whole lot sooner had the sign company got it done sooner, but we had to go through all these like things with the city and that slowed it down and this and that. And some people are like, why aren't you getting that sign done? Well, we're working on it as quick as we, to me, it's amazing that they could rebuild a wall in like 50 plus days. It took us like 365 days to get a new sign on. I don't think Nehemiah had all the legislation to work through and all the government hogwash that, you know, sometimes we have to go through, Right is what it is. But here's what I'm going to say about God. None of that would have been possible had Nehemiah not said, I don't know how, but I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. And, and you know, he went back to, and what he saw, what he saw could have so discouraged him that he said, oh man, I don't think I'm the right man for the job. He saw walls and the gates being in ruins. You know, sometimes we get accustomed to lying in our own ruins. Man, the enemy has so vandalized our lives sometimes. There's like 
satanic graffiti sometimes written on the walls of our hearts. Who he tells us we are. Friends, we need to We need to fast and pray so that we stop listening to who he says we are and we start listening to who he says we are, right? And what he is capable of doing, because my God is capable of doing all things. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is too difficult for my God, amen, church? Fasting changes things, even if it doesn't change things out here. I'm here to tell you today, it changes things here. And if it changes things here, how can it not help but change things out here? Hello, right? Starts in our hearts. When we allow the Lord to reign and rule in our lives, we yield ourselves completely. God will bless with divine favor when we fast and pray. Here's the third one, all right? The third one. Fasting helps us to discern the will of God. I don't know if there's anyone here today who has started out 2023 and you're saying, I just need to hear from God. I need to know what to do. I need to know where to go. I need to know how to live. There's some things in my life. I got to figure some things out. Sometimes those seasons come, don't they? And maybe some of you are in the room, you're like, I just need to hear the voice of the Lord in 2023. I need to know. God, I just need to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. I, just, I need to know, Lord. I need to know that I know that I've heard from you. Right? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you today, friends. Fasting will eliminate spiritual deafness and will give us the ear to hear what God wants us to hear. Fasting with humility will allow the Lord to reveal himself to you, me. It will take us to a place in Christ where we say, God, I want what you want, not what I want. (laughs) Sometimes that's challenging for us. Yeah? Sometimes that's a challenging uh, uh, place to come to where we say, God, I want what you want, not what I want. I mean, I know what I want. God, I really want what you want. And really, deep down inside, friends, don't we want what God wants for us? Because what God wants for us is so much greater than what we want for ourselves. Yeah? I I want God ideas, not just good ideas. Yeah? How many of you got problems? Oh, three people? Oh, now we're getting some honesty in the room. (laughs) We all have problems. Maybe they're different sizes, different shapes, right? But we have problems. We need God's solutions to the problem, not our solutions. Our solutions will only go so far. We need God's solution to the problem, right? We see a beautiful picture of this in the words of the psalmist. Psalm 25, verses four and five say, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Man, I love that entire psalm. I don't know, man, as I get into this new year, I have found myself, I just keep going back to the Psalms and I'm journaling what I see in the Psalms. I don't know why it's this where the Lord has me pitching my tent right now, in the Psalms. And this is one of the Psalms. It's just a beautiful picture of, of, of the Psalmist saying, God, show me, lead me, guide me. In other words, I wanna know your will. So show me the path, teach me your ways. Lord, I want to know you. I fast, Lord God, for you to teach me. I pray for you to lead me because fasting and prayer tunes out the noise in our lives so that we can hear the voice that really matters. The voice that really, really matters. You know, there's a passage of scripture in Isaiah 58. It's, 
in some ways, it's a hard passage to read because um, some of us in the room go, man, how, how are we doing against that, for starters? But it's one of those corrective passages that sort of bring us back into alignment. I love it because it shows the power and the significance of prayer and fasting. It says, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of the wicked? Now listen to this. This is powerful. To loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. That's what God wants to do. Think about that for a moment. That's what God wants to do, right? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your houses? This is the house that we need to bring the homeless poor into church. In this house, this spiritual house, amen? Not that the Lord, you know, may not ask you to do that in your own home. That's, 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 that's up to you, right? But they at least need to come into the house of the Lord so that they can hear, no, amen, church? And when you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Go to the next slide, if you will, there. Then shall your light come. Watch, this is cause and effect. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing. How many of you are asking for healing in 2023? There it is. There it is. Then your healing shall spring up speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. Man, these are three powerful benefits right here. Light will break forth. The healing shall spring up and the righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call on the name of the Lord and he will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Oh, that's powerful. Powerful. And here's the fourth one. Fasting prepares us for new seasons of growth. I want to grow this year. I don't want this year to be just a repeat of last year. Anybody else? In some ways, I'm like, I never want a year like that. Anybody else say that? I'm done with 2022. Bye. Don't want to ever see you again. Has anyone in here said something like, I want to be more devoted to the Lord in 2023. I want to be healed in 2023. Or I want to see someone else healed, miraculously, divinely healed in 2023, right? Healing of any kind, right? I want to live a more supernatural life in this year. I want to experience a genuine breakthrough in 2023. I want to truly embrace a new season of life and ministry I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to mature in ministry. I want to see God do some new things in here. Because if he does them in here, it, it, it can't stay in here. It's going to spread. It's going to move. It's going to, it's going to leak. It's going to come out. And it's going to start impacting people's lives that are surrounding us. Amen? I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for us as a church. You know, there's a great example of what I'm talking about here. It's in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 3. The ESV says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Notice that there. Oh, it's a new element. Worshiping. A new discipline. So prayer, fasting, and worship together. Boy, that's the trifecta right there, friends. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I love this passage of scripture. Don't you? 
Because we see, even in that moment, how God gave specific direction at a specific time as they were seeking him in prayer and in fasting and as they were worshiping together. And we need to see it first, don't we? We need to see it first. Then we need to perceive it in order to receive it. To truly embrace and fasting and prayer and worshiping together, that will do it for us. Pastor, you seem pretty confident that this fasting thing will work for me. It will. How do you know? Because I've experienced it. I can tell you that there have been times in my life where I did not know what to do. I was clueless what to do. When my back was against the wall, when challenges of ministry got so great that I just wanted to throw in the towel. And you know what? Instead of throwing in the towel, I declared a three-day fast. And God changed. He shifted my perspective. I can't tell you how many times I was desperate for God to work and I fasted, I prayed. Man, when I was a young man in the midst of a revival, it was when I prayed and fasted that God literally just consumed me and baptized me with his Holy Spirit. It was desperate. Something happens, friends, when we get desperate for God in prayer and in fasting. Oh man, I was never more hungry than an 18-year-old fasting. I remember that summer after high school, I was working in a, in a car wash. Yeah, a car wash. And, and I was pumping gas and washing cars. And, and, and I was fasting and I was hungry, but I was praying and I was painting curbs and I was pumping gas and I was praying and I was fasting. And I'm here to tell you, when I showed up for church, God showed up for church. If you're out there going, hey, God hasn't shown up for church, try fasting and praying, friends. Because God will show up here first. And then he'll show up here. Because we bring it in here. Hello? Amen? So as we're fasting and praying, we release God to bless us. We release growth. We release his potential in our lives. Amen? I remember one time I was fasting when I was a staff associate and I had a situation with a guy that worked for me and he, he's a friend. This guy's a friend to this day. But, but we, we came to an impasse and, and something had to happen and something had to change and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And the Lord said, you need to fast for three days, Randy. You need to fast for three days. And you know what? I fasted for three days and I'm here to tell you that that situation resolved itself like that. On the third day of the fast, there was a phone call. And this, this man, who we were at odds, he said, you know what? This is the direction that God has asked me to go. And the situation just totally resolved itself. I could not have done that if I tried to do that on my own. God took control of that situation. What do you need to fast for, friends? What challenges? What struggles? Because if you're going through sickness, I challenge you to fast. If you're going through times where you're just discouraged, you're depressed, you're down and out, fast. If you're up against, again, you need to make a decision, fast. Fast. Seek the Lord with fasting and prayer and honor him with worship. And he will make a way and he will show you what that way is. And he will bring new growth and development in your life. I am confident of that, friends. And that leads me to the last one. Number five. Go like this with me one more time. Again, the prayer points, humility, 
the part of every single one of these. We must come humbly before the Lord. But when we come humbly before the Lord, fasting will provide new perspective. Brand new perspective. Believe that. You know, perspective is mission critical. It's mission critical. Now, the, the, I always have a word for the year. Anybody else, you start out the year with a word and maybe a scripture to go with it? Anybody else? I don't see many hands going up. I would, I would actually encourage you to seek the Lord for, hey, what's one word that I can focus on? You know, one word. Lord, what's one word? Maybe it's refocus. <laughs> maybe it's commitment. Maybe it's desperation. Whatever. You come up with a word. And then find a passage of scripture that really speaks to you, that sort of centers you and gives you a focal point. It's almost like you have a target, a goal that you're shooting for. Well, my word for this year is recalibrate. Recalibrate. And the word recalibrate for me is a very powerful word. Now, the meaning of the word recalibrate is to carefully assess standard scale of readings and to make adjustments accordingly. Now, I understand that from a technical point of view because I used to work with x-ray equipment. Uh, when I was a very young man, I was preparing for ministry. I was working bivocationally and, and I was working on, on a degree of education and pastoral leadership and, 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 and pastoral care. But I, I had a I came out of the marketplace, so I was working to get there, okay? And I worked for, for this x-ray company and we sold and serviced x-ray equipment all over the place. And um, one of the things we did was recalibrate x-ray units. And that's vitally important because that x-ray unit needs to produce the, the amount of radiation or the photons that come out of the x-ray tube need to match what the control says is coming out of there, right? Now, you're, you're, you're an x-ray tech, right, Becca? You know what I'm talking about. When you put in the readings, what you're going to do, you're going to take this picture, that kind of picture. You need to know that, that machine's actually going to produce that much x-ray, that much radiation, so that you can take the picture of the person that, whatever the issue is, right? Because essentially that's what an x-ray is, it's a picture. Right? And man, it's changed a lot since I got out of the field. Now everything is electronic, everything's digital, everything. Now they have, instead of film in the screen, they have digital screens that, that read the image. But all that to say, we had to go in and we had to make sure that the KVP or the MAS or even the time, the time uh, figuring of the control itself had to match perfectly. So we had a piece of equipment that would literally receive that data and would tell us if we were in tolerance or not. Because that, that x-ray would come from the tube through the collimator, which would give it its parameters, the alignment, if you will, and, and it had to match within a certain tolerance. You know, I got to thinking, I got to thinking about that. <laughs> we have to match this. <laughs> we have to line up our lives to this. And it's, the tolerance is pretty tight, yeah? <laughs> or at least it should be. And it's not our responsibility to say, well, the word's gotta line up to culture. It's gotta line up to my, life. no, 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 no. No, we have to line up with the word. Because this is constant. This is true, right? And, 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 and I need a calibration, and you need a calibration. We need a recalibration so that we can look at things from the right perspective, a new perspective, if you will. And uh, I want to go to Isaiah 55. Man, sometime I'm going to preach an entire message off of this chapter because it's a great chapter. But for now, I'm just going to borrow these two verses. 
Isaiah chapter 55, verses eight and nine say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I love that passage. God tells me that he is God and I am not. It's essentially what this says, isn't it? Bottom line is that we yield control to him and our perspective needs to shift and change and be adjusted and come into alignment with what his perspective is, what his perspective is for us. If we truly want to encounter God in 2023, how many of you want to truly encounter God in 2023? Then we have to adjust to his perspective. Our perspective is to shift. Our thoughts can't be what his thoughts are. He tells us that in this passage. But we are to interpret life and the challenges and the struggles and everything else that goes with it. We are to interpret that from his point of view, not our own. There may be some times that we don't understand why, right? I did a funeral this week for a friend of mine who was 48 years old and left three children under the age of 20 behind. Explain that to me. There's no other explanation other than the fact that she finished her race early. He is God, I am not. I can't figure that out. I don't understand that. I could ask questions. How many of you have a lot of questions? When you get to heaven, you're gonna be like, okay, Lord. Now, can you please explain to me? Sometimes we just need to trust God. Even if things don't make sense, trust him, right? That we choose to have his perspective on things and not our own. Yeah? Right, church? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than what we can ever think or perceive. We have to trust him and yield to him. We have to allow him to do the recalibration. God's word in this this particular chapter, it says, I think it's... uh, Uh, Let me see, what verse is it here? I don't have this one on the screen. It's right here. Verse 11 in chapter 55 says, this is my word that goes out of my mouth. I will not return, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish what he sends it forth, what he sends it out to accomplish, friends. You know, I want to I wrap this up today, just making, making light, celebrating the fact that God worked in a way this past week. I don't, I don't even know that most of us are even aware of the depth of what God accomplished in our society this last week. <laughs> Let's throw the scripture, or I'm sorry, the image there of Damar Hamlin, this young man. Do you see the crosses on his cheek? What do you think that means? See, I've heard some of the interviews they've had with him prior to the occasion on Monday night. This is a follower of Christ. No question. No question, right? Talk about perspective. Let me read something for you here. I don't know who wrote this, but I read it and I thought, man, that is amazing. Imagine the last thing you saw as a 24-year-old athlete in top-notch physical fitness was a receiver you tackled, then you woke up days later to learn your cardiac arrest turned football game into a prayer meeting. 
convicted an ESPN anchor to pray on live television to Almighty God, right? Raised over $7 million in two days to buy toys for kids in need. When God decides to use you, what seems like a tragedy can be turned into a triumph. Wake up, number three. I want to meet the guy that loaned his heart to the world for a few seconds on Monday night. I don't know about you, but anytime they start bowing in the middle of a football field to pray, that's telling me God is doing something. Especially when they were told they weren't allowed to kneel in prayer. Hello? <laughs> Yesterday before one of the games, I think it was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, the entire team, both teams, went right out in the middle of the field and got on their knees and they called out to Almighty God. Now, who could have ever done that but God, right? Woo, that is powerful. And this young man has got a testimony. I can't wait to see what God does. with. He has already done so much, I can't wait. Now, it doesn't make sense to us. I don't even know for sure what happened exactly. I serve a God who can take all the negative stuff in our lives, all the bad stuff, all the stuff that the enemy means for our destruction, and God turns it around and uses it for our good. He is able. He is able to take whatever issues we have, whatever difficulty, whatever challenges, whatever sickness, whatever financial oppression, whatever you're going through, he can turn it around, friends, and he can use it as part of your testimony. Yeah, God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. But it starts with perspective, right? What will happen if we just go into this season of prayer and fasting, we get honest with the Lord, we're humble before him, and we say, God, I'm just trusting you. I'm just trusting you. Fasting keeps us humble. Fasting results in divine favor, right? Fasting helps us discern the will of God. Fasting prepares us for a new season of ministry. And fasting, fasting provides a new perspective. But I, I, I have one more thing to say, and then I'll let you go. More thing. What are these? Are these worth anything if I don't use them? If I just leave them in the closet, they're not going to do me any good. These are powerless if I don't use them. Sort of like the points that I've shared with you. If you don't use them, they're worthless. To you, at least. Me, they may still be worth a lot if you don't use them. See, friends, that's where faith comes into perspective here. Because what faith does is faith activates. Whether we're talking about prayer, right? Or whether we're talking about fasting. It's like putting on the gloves, yeah? <laughs> See, faith, faith actually activates our prayer life. Faith actually activates what fasting can do for us. So when we begin our fast this week, let's step out in faith, okay? And let's, let's allow the left hand to mirror the right hand, prayer, fasting, worshiping together. Let's trust God to do things during this fast that would otherwise be impossible. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, stand with me this morning.
Father God, we come to you right now. And we ask, Lord God, that you would move through our lives, move through our times of prayer, our times of fasting. Father, that you would speak to us, that you, Lord God, would correct, that you would challenge, that you would encourage, that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would guide, that you would direct, that you would provide. Father God, we ask you to move in our lives. We ask you to move in this church, Lord God. Move, Lord, as you're already moving, God. Continue to do what you're doing in this nation. You're bringing people to a place of repentance. You're dro they're dropping to their knees and they're crying out to you for an athlete. Lord, I pray that that doesn't stop. Even though DeMar is alert and he's aware of what's going on and it, he's going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord and, and the greatness of his God. But Lord, don't let it stop. Let this move continue. Let it begin in our hearts as we pray and fast. Let us begin to expect the impossibilities to turn into possibilities with you. Lord, let us take the challenges and the sicknesses and the issues and the difficulty. Let us bring those things before you. And Lord God, as we pray, as we fast, and as we lift our heads heavenward and begin to worship you for the answer in advance, Father God, that you would move through our lives, that you would work in a way that would otherwise be impossible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We look to you. We trust you. We activate our faith. We activate our faith. Come on, church, pray that with me. We activate our faith, Lord. I activate my faith. Lord, I want to pray. I want to fast. I want to step out and believe you, Lord God. What you are able to do, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. So begin that work in us now, Lord. Before we leave this room, Father, seal it. Seal it, burnish it on our hearts, God. And as we set out this week, Father, may we remember, Lord God, that we are to seek you with all that we are. Even if we're at a point of desperation, you hear and you answer and you move. And we thank you for it, Jesus. So we give those areas of impossibility to you. We give those challenges to you. We give the illnesses and the sickness to you. We give, Lord, the, the lack of direction or clarity or financial difficulty, whatever it is, we give it to you. And we entrust it to you right now. And we pray for you to guide and direct and show us your divine favor as we go forth in obedience, living in alignment with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking. Sing that one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm standing on Christ. How about you? Amen, church. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.